So I've got a riddle for you today. Let's see if you can figure it out. Raise your hand when you've got it figured out. Who am I? I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I am cruel, malicious, and gather strength with age. The more I am quoted, the more I am believed. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no name and no face. Track me down, to track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I'm nobody's friend. Once I tarnish a reputation, it is never the same. I topple governments and ruin marriages. I destroy careers and cause heartache and sleepless nights. I wreck churches, yes I do, and I separate Christians. I spawn suspicion and generate grief. I make innocent people cry on their pillows. Who am I? I am gossip. There are a lot of different warnings about the tongue, about not to use profanity, not to use insults, not to use lying negativism, not to be a complainer, not to use criticism. All of these are harmful in some way, shape, and form. And yet gossip, gossip is particularly vicious. Perhaps because it destroys more people and tarnishes more reputations, broken relationships, and sadly it will and does split churches than all of the other ideas that I said earlier put together. The truth is that gossip can be quickly told, quickly heard, and quickly spread from one person to another. And worst of all, gossip is quickly believed. That's the dangerous part. It's interesting that people will confess to theft, even adultery, even murder. But how many times have you heard people say, hey, I'm a gossip. I love to gossip. That's me. Not really, but that's... We don't hear it. We don't hear it. Because people are afraid to say that they are a gossip. It is interesting how many people would say the other things and confess to the others, but not to say that they gossip and share it. In the New Testament, the Greek word for gossip literally means a whisperer. A person who whispers behind our backs with the intentions of hurting you. Some scholars have described or likened it to being a, uh, uh, have likened a gossiper to someone who pours out poison and then whispers in our ears. Sadly, now with all of the technology, they don't even have to come close to us and whisper in our ears. All they have to do is punch it in or all they have to do is speak it. And it is in our houses, it is in our homes, it is on our phones. It's even on, if you've got one of those funky wrist telephones, it's there. You cannot escape it. It is there. And it spews out its lies everywhere it goes. The book of Proverbs warns us about the deadly sins and the deadly allure of gossip, as well as the deadly effects over and over and over again. In Proverbs 18.8, we read that the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. 
they go down so easily into a man or a woman's inner parts. Think about that which you'd love to taste. It might be chocolate. It might be hot fudge sundaes. It might be steak. It could be something, and it just tastes so good as it goes down. That's what gossip is. That's what Proverbs warns us about. Whether we admit it or not, many of us have a fascination with gossip. That's why there's so many talk shows. That's why there's in the grocery stores, the tabloids are so, in, you know, so exciting to see. That's why they're flourishing. And yet, again, in the book of Proverbs, it says that gossip is something that we savor. It is hard to avoid. And frequently in scripture, gossip and slander are linked together tightly as one. We see it in the book of Romans, the first chapter, that where a slanderer, where, that's a hard word to say, isn't it? Where slander is, slander means that it is to speak evil of someone. For when we gossip, when we speak evil about another person, we're bad-mouthing them. We are ruining their reputation. We are taking out, it's almost as bad as if we were taking a knife to them or giving them poison a little at a time. We are biting at them behind their backs, whether the gossip is true or not. And that's one of the hard things about gossip is that there are times that it is true. What we're saying is true, but we shouldn't be saying it. We are spreading something that is true, but we shouldn't be. Gossip is very, very subtle. Gossip can take the form, as I said, of two different ways. We can be spreading things that are untrue, an absolute lie about it, about the other person. And I think all or most of us at least would agree that to do that is absolutely wrong. We should not tell something untrue about another person. That's gossip. There have been rumors and gossip being spread all over the internet for years about different companies. And once it is out there, it is impossible for them, no matter how many millions of dollars they give and spend, to take those words back. And then every once in a while, it pops its head up again, and it starts the rumor all over again. The stories have absolutely no effect or absolutely no truth to them, but somebody decided sometime to start it. And there it is. If it's on the internet, it must be true. People believe it. But what about the spreading of things that are true? Is that gossip? I'm sure that you have heard about who they picked up last week on uh, one of the uh, drive-bys and when they were doing the uh, DUI testing. You, You heard that, didn't you? Looking to see who's putting their head down. I don't know because I wasn't there. But if people say that, if they say that, oh, did you see that so-and-so was picked up at the DUI? It might be true, but why would we say it? Why would we say that? Why would we spread that rumor? The only way, reason that we would have to spread that is that we want to hurt the reputation of that other person. Or we want to think, I know something you don't know. Either way, it's wrong. Either way, it's wrong. We can damage a person's life and a family's life just by a few words. 
If we were to tell you the names of people that are doing this, that, and the other thing, whether they're true or whether they're false, their reputations, they are ruined. Can you imagine how effective, or should I say how ineffective, the ministry at Bethany would be if our pastoral staff started talking about people behind their backs? Or started telling all of these things that really are true about somebody? Now, did you know that? Did you know this? We wouldn't be in in ministry if we did that. If people could not trust us, that what they say to us in confidence is held with us in confidence, we could not be in ministry. Simply put, gossip is talking about people behind their backs. And yet, all too often, we are sort of like Dennis the Menace, who whispers into his neighbor's ear, now listen really, really good, because I can only say this once, because my dad told me never to repeat this. But how many times do we do that also? And even if we only say it once, the damage is already done. The scripture tells us that gossip is like a wildfire and that we have all seen on TV the damage that wildfires do. It destroys everything in its path. Now, there was a teenager one time that got caught up in what was being talked about at school and and he was so caught up into it that he picked up a little morsel of something that was being said about somebody new in school. And he began to talk about that and make up ideas and thoughts and share them with his friends as to why he really had come to school, why he had to leave the community he was in before that. And he began to talk about it to his friends. But after he had done this for a little while, He began to have this real tightness in his chest, and he went home and he said, Mom, I think I did something wrong. This is what I did, Mom. What can I do to make it better? What can I do to protect now the reputation of this new kid in school? Because he really is a nice guy. And together they went outside of their home, which was set up high on a hill, and she had given him a bag of confetti as they got near the fence, and she said, Son, I want you just to let it go in the wind. And the young man thought, oh, good, I'm letting it go, and I'll never have to think about it again. I will be free from this guilt. And after he had done that, his mom said, now I want you to go pick up all of those pieces of confetti. And he said, mom, I can't do that. Look at how far they've blown. The wind is taking it everywhere. And she said, exactly. Exactly. That is what your words have done to that young man. You can't get them all back, no matter how much you try. You cannot undo the damage of gossip. Over my years of ministry, I have had a number of people that have come to me say, Now, you can tell me as a friend. <laughs> Not. Or... What's really going on with so-and-so? I heard that. And while most Christians would believe that it is a sin to slander another person, when it comes to gossip, well, they're not quite so sure about that. And sadly, many have done it for so long that they don't even realize that they are doing it anymore. Have you ever caught yourself beginning to say something and think, wait a minute, 
I better not say that. It may not be true. Or I better not say that because it might hurt somebody else. Or I, you know, it is subtle. Gossip is very, very subtle for us. It sneaks in. After all, what's wrong with exchanging a little bit of information about somebody else? It's true. What's wrong with it then? One of the most subtle ways that I think our church and or any church and many, many Christians can gossip is by asking for too many details so that they can pray in the right way. God already knows what that person needs prayer for. We don't have to explain it to God. But so oftentimes, I hear people that say, well, I really want to pray for so-and-so, but I don't know what they're going through in their lives. God does. We don't have to. All we have to do when a name and a person comes to our heart is say, God, I'm thinking about so-and-so today. I pray for them. I lift them up to you. When we are, after all, exchanging information, whether it's true or not, finding out whether the first thing that we need to do is to find out if it's truth. And if it's not, we need to stop it right there. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither a part of the problem or a part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. Think about that. When we talk about somebody who is not part of the problem or not part of the solution, we are probably engaging at that point in time in gossip because we're talking about somebody behind their back. And we need to be careful about that. Before you repeat a story, we all need to ask ourselves, is it true? But secondly, is it fair? And third, is it necessary? Is it necessary that I repeat what I just heard? If not, don't say anything. Don't repeat it. We're also told through scriptures that, it, that when, if, if we compare the gossip to a wildfire, that where there's no wood, there will be no fire. If we refuse to receive the gossip, it will cease. If we refuse to communicate the gossip... It will cease. And that's what we need to continue to think about. If you see our little picture up here today, it's pretty easy to tell that one person is sharing gossip with another. But if we look on the flip side, we're going to be talking about integrity next. And when we talk about integrity, in Stephen Ministry, we talk a lot about that because it is so important that as we are, are committing ourselves to minister to other people, that we are setting ourselves up with a sense of integrity. And what that means is that we can hold a confidence. We can be trusted. We need to be able to talk about and hold things in confidence. We talked about yesterday in our training class that Stephen ministers cannot tell anything to their spouse about their care receiver. They cannot mention the name. They cannot mention the situation. It's held in confidence with that person so that there is a trust and a bond that is built together with those two individuals. 
The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and strong moral uprightness, that is integrity, and that's what we need to strive for. That's how we should be using our tongue, or should I say holding our tongue sometimes. Integrity is the personal quality of fairness that we all should be aspiring to. Having integrity means that we are doing the right thing in a reliable way. It is a personality trait that we admire. And since it means that a person has a moral compass that cannot waver, those are the people that we should be seeking out in our own lives to model ourselves after, to get close to so that we can learn how they're doing it, that we can model after them. That is the model that Christ gave to us. Let me give you an example of how it might play out in a workplace. Nancy's boss had just let her know that the client's order was ready to be leave the warehouse and go off to the client. So she picks up the telephone, and she's ready to call them. And then he says, but there's a little problem. The shipment was damaged by somebody in our warehouse team, he says. Eh, there's just a few dings, not, nothing to be worried about. But it shouldn't affect the, the quality of the, or the performance of the machinery at all. If they complain, we'll blame it on the trucking company that gave it to us. Nancy pauses for a minute, and she re- feels really uncomfortable. But didn't you just tell me that our warehouse guys damaged the product? Her boss shrugs. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but the customer's not going to know that. I'll just put in a claim right now and say that it was damaged on delivery, and who's to know? Don't worry about it. The client won't even notice. Does the boss show integrity? No. Nancy, it still remains what she's going to do. We don't know the rest of that story. Integrity is the practice of being honest and showing a consistent, uncompromising adherence to a strong moral and ethical principles and value, even when nobody is watching. Many of us have to make decisions every single day, and we draw upon those decisions every single day, big ones and little ones. Nobody ever sets out, to my knowledge, to make a wrong decision unless you're really a crumb. But most of us, most often, the choices that we face may really seem insignificant in a lot of different ways. But this doesn't mean that they are not important to us. Because even the smallest of actions can have an impact on our self-respect on our integrity, and ultimately on our reputation. There's an American writer who says that we do not wake up one morning a bad person. It happens by a thousand tiny surrenders of self-respect day after day after day. Integrity is one of those fundamental values that employers seek in the employees that they hire. Integrity is the foundation on which coworkers build their relationships of trust and effective interpersonal relationships. It is the hallmark of a person who demonstrates sound moral and ethical principles at work, honesty and trust. That is the center of, integ- of, of integrity. And people who demonstrate integrity, 
They draw others to them because they are trustworthy and they are dependable. They are principled and they can be counted on to believe in honorable ways even when nobody else is watching them and even that they know that their performance will be seen or or even when they know that their performance will not be seen, they are still giving their best. That is the definition of integrity. The root of integrity is about doing the right thing always. It is not about acknowledging others. It is not about what is convenient to us. But a person with integrity, that is a person that we are to follow. That is a person that shines. That is a person that is reflecting God's love and God's moral ethics. In big and small ways, in visible and in, 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 in visible ways and invisible situations, we all have the opportunity to demonstrate our own integrity throughout our, our days. Or we have the opportunity to demonstrate the lack of it every single day. In summary, each of us has a choice that we make every single day how we're going to use this tongue that God has placed in our mouths. We can use it to do evil. We can use it to discourage, to discredit others. Or we can use our tongue to do good, to encourage, to uplift, and to express love to one another. Read the scriptures and see how many times gossip is listed there. Read the scriptures and see how many times we have been warned to be careful of our tongue, what we say. After all, it is our choice every single day of how we're going to use it. Are we going to use our tongue for the glory of God and to build one another up? Are we going to knock everybody down? It's our choice. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we do confess that it is not always easy to take the high road of integrity. Often it seems like we are swimming against the tide. And sometimes we don't even recognize that we have engaged in gossip until it is too late. For it is subtle, and it sucks us in, and it tastes so sweet. Lord God, we pray, and we pray it again this morning, lead us not into temptation. Lord God, give us wisdom. Give us insight this week to recognize gossip for the evil that it is and the strength to be your people of integrity, even if we may be the only one. We pray this in your name. Amen and amen.